welcome to another episode of the Unpublished Podcast. My name is Amy. I'm James. And today we are going to be talking about uh, our business journey, our journey of being creatives uh, who endeavor to make money, I guess. Yeah, I think also because um, I don't want to sound like arrogant or anything, but we kind of did it weirdly. Like we did it differently. Yeah, we and did. I'm, kind of pr- I'm proud of how we did it. I'm really proud of how we've done the last three years of our lives um and you're right it has been a little bit different mm. um and i'm just excited to share it we are obviously not saying that this is the way that you make a business out of your creativity this is just how we did it and you can uh, look at what resonates what doesn't resonate um if you need guidance and and love through your own journey we hope that we can i don't know just like highlight how we did it yeah i think that we um kind of something that's interesting about our journey is that we tried initially to make money out of creativity. Well, you did. You tried. Mm. And it was actually quite a long road. I mean, maybe it's not like that's probably a pretty common story, but it's mm. like I think a lot of people, maybe if you've only just started following Amy or if you're uh, maybe new to her Instagram channel or to this podcast, you might think, oh, like maybe Amy's just been this fully formed creative producer i mean obviously everyone knows because everyone a lot of people you know you post about your backstory and you tell people about the time you spent in the wilderness Mm. but it might seem like you kind of just like turn the switch on one day yeah no it was not an immediate thing before we dive in i just want to um talk about the tea we're drinking Mm. because i've got a new favorite podcast which is africa brooks podcast she's an incredible writer and just i love her and she always has a cup of tea when she does her podcasting and she always describes it to you and i want to be like her Okay, well, this is a great opportunity for me because as some of you may know, I don't know, maybe not, I used to work in a tea shop, T2, mm. for a couple of years out of um, just after high school, and I love tea. He's, and we he's actually, a connoisseur. This is the tea, one of the teas that I used to use my staff discount majorly on because it's like $50 for a little tiny pot, mm. um, and it's called Buddha's Tears. And what type of tea is that? It's like a really high quality green tea. No, it's white. Remember, we discovered it was white. No, I think that okay. There was confl- there's conflicting information on the box, but, okay. which is why I was confused when it said one of something because I was sure it was green tea. I think it's just a high quality green tea. Right. And for those of you who don't know the difference between green and white tea, white tea is just like a, the most pure, least refined version of tea, essentially, right. and has the least caffeine. Right. But green tea, this is just a high, it's a high quality green tea, and it comes in these little pearls yeah that's why it's called buddha's tears and there's like wrapped circular pearls and they you put them straight into a cup and they just unfurl it's so beautiful it's so meditative watching these little balls of leaves just unfurl and the tea tastes so i don't know why but it tastes so nostalgic to me it's like a bit like jasmine tea i don't know i just love it i feel like it's something to do with maybe because that first year out of uni when we were maybe kind of slightly still new dating school you mean after school sorry and we used to drink this all the time so magical i used to get little sample packets you could take little sample packets from behind the counter and bring them home and just like dump the sample packets into cups how many different teas do you think you knew at that time well we used to go around the store and my manager i think we had almost 200 and she used to just quiz me on what was in each one and i didn't always pass the test but i feel like by the end of it i was pretty good very impressive anyway so we as we talk about this and discuss this are drinking buddha's tears today and it is fucking lovely okay thank you africa for that little is this a tea podcast now it's we're this is the when we tell you we're actually not going to talk about sorry. creativity anymore it's a tea podcast amazing um okay so I where should even, we start well 
I think we should start from the first time you ever tried to monetize your creativity. Oh, that's such a good question. Which was, in my recollection, and I just want to note, like, this is us trying to remember shit. Like, it's so hard to remember this shit, right? It all just unfolds day to day. And yeah. you, we construct, we as humans construct these stories about our lives and often we romanticize things, often we leave out, like, the boring parts, often we leave out the... Um, like you know what how much luck the we got the and luck years and the, in yeah exactly and the um the twiddling our thumbs and things like that so there's a lot of twiddling the thumbs just feeling it if you ever get to a point where it seems like we're just going from win to win or from like <laughs> event to event it's because it's a lot of twiddling of the thumbs in between yes i was gonna say that we need to be you know when we retell our stories especially big stories like you know the story of our lives like we just aren't very good at accurately presenting that so always take our stories and anyone else's stories that you listen to with a grain of salt um that's our disclaimer yeah so, so when was the first time you recalled me trying to make money with my I think art when you launched a patreon okay cool and i do want to just preface this with saying that i've been trying to make money off of my fiction for by selling it to by selling it to publishers by trying to sell it to publishers for mm. you know years yes and then um you know i think you thought oh i've been right i've been writing on my instagram about the creative journey for so long well why don't i start a Patreon where I can't even remember what the offering was. It was okay, a- so I will tell you what the okay. offering was, and I just want everyone to know beforehand that this offering, fucking like my whole Patreon, it just it was a big, big flop. It wasn't a big, big flop. It was a big, big learning curve. Yeah. So my offering on Patreon was basically coaching, and so you could go different tiers, and I would, you know, send, you know, it was either like, you know, have an email discussion with me, or like. You know, have coaching, uh, have a coaching session with me if you did like a, you know, the fifty dollar a month thing or something like that. But it wasn't even coaching, was it? It was like you would read their work or something. <gasps> That's right. And I was really specific towards writers, and I was like, "Would you like me to give you feedback?" That was more feedback than coaching. Feedback yes. on your writing, which was obviously just a total misunderstanding from us or from you and our, me. I don't know if I was how involved I was at this point, but I remember observing it a lot. Yeah, but it was total misunderstanding of what you could offer to the world based on what you'd it been was. writing about for the last six years in your Instagram. It was. Like, you thought, I think your thought was, oh, I've been writing books for ten or six years or seven years at this stage. That's what I'm, um, well, that's what I can offer advice on. But actually, what you'd been doing was talking about the creative journey mm. for six or seven years. That was the, the other thing you'd been doing in parallel to writing yeah. the books and the thing that was unique about your journey yeah was that i had this like running commentary on what it was what it meant and what it looked like to, to try and be an author and how to survive like the day-to-day that yeah anyway so i got about like i think it was like seven patrons and i was so grateful and like if any of you of you guys were a patron on me on patreon like fuck i'm just and i think so a, a lot of them was just like was... people wanted to just support you because they thought you were cute and I remember right, there was this one person who Patreoned me at like the, I think it was like there was a $7 level. And so when everyone, anyone Patreoned me, I would send them the email offering the the thing that I offered. And I was like, do you want me to read any of their work? And the email I got back was like, I'll never forget. It was so condescending. It was like, oh no, honey, um, I've been a writer for like 20 years. I don't need, you know, your coaching or advice. I just wanted to support you on your journey. And I was like... I mean, obviously, I'm so grateful for people wanting to see me and support me, but I just remember being like, holy shit. It, it felt like pity mm. and it felt so brutal. And it was like, you're, I just want to, you know, support an artist who's down on her luck. I don't want what you have to give to the world. And I just remember being so thrown by that email. And I was like, I felt really embarrassed and a bit humiliated. I was like, oh, 
and it felt like a real it was a real like I think because I was sharing so vulnerably and I was such in a low spot I think a lot of people who supported me on Patreon felt sorry for me um and that was hard yeah yeah I mean that was the definitely the I think in the darkest time of your writing journey as well when yeah. you'd just been rejected I think that's when you were in the middle of um submissions and you'd just mm. been rejected yeah yeah and you were just crying out for something I just need I was like something has got to give it was around the same time I started the podcast actually I think um and I was like something has to give like I had just been I think that was around the time where Eliza had picked up Elizabeth the rules I've held by no one had picked up a little bit of interest again this is us trying to recollect so mm. it could be completely wrong I don't even know what year it was no nor do I I can remember imagining us at Salvage Cafe in Artarman yeah which will mean nothing to 90% of you, 99.9% of you. <laughs> but this cafe that we used to, Amy and I used to go to every day, we couldn't, like, we literally couldn't afford to be there. We were no. staying with my parents. We used to go every single morning. We lived with my parents and we'd go every single morning and we'd buy, we'd sit there for like three hours on a coffee. Mm. And Amy would, I don't even know what I would do. I think I was working on my honours. I think I would go and read mm. articles about ancient agriculture. So I'm going to place this 2018 because this is giving me Amy's lost her job vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, yeah, so I, um, the rules of help by no one had picked up a little bit of interest, but then um, the publishing house went quiet on me and they never followed up their interest with me. They never just told me yes, they never told me no. They just said, look, we're not sure right now, but we'll let you know if we want her eventually. And it was a bit brutal. Or I, it was really hard for me because I suddenly saw this opportunity where I was like, oh my God, everything that I've ever wanted is going to come true. Like I'd put all my eggs in one basket, which was a publisher will pick me and my fiction will make me money. And that's when I'm going to be able to do what I want to do. And I just want to say here that sometimes that is the road for a lot of people and it's not an invalid road it's just that i had put all my hopes into this one path of of receiving creative abundance fuck the fucking video went a fucking again <laughs> okay you just keep talking I'm amy i'll done. go restart the video okay but why jamie i don't know maybe it's just maybe your phone story is just getting too big sorry everyone for the running commentary on amy's phone oh y'all we need to get a camera asap we're doing it tomorrow okay all right so um, it was this low, like, I'm just seeing it as a blur. Like I was, I was extremely depressed and I was, I felt complete crap. Uh, I had started this Patreon and I was like, I've just got to start. I've got to, you know, try and access some kind of way that my creativity can impact people and I can receive, a, um, you know, finances in return. And so I started this Patreon and, you know, it was the first experience that I'd ever had where my, um, people were paying me for being a creative person. And that was really important, even though eventually it did fail, like, because it was so stressful because no one wanted my services on there, nobody. Like everyone was like, no, I don't want you to read my books. No, I don't like all seven of them. I mean, it was a classic example of, as I was saying before, like we just didn't, like we just, we had done, made a bad choice about what product will actually suit us yeah to put out in the world which i think happens all the time yeah people think i'm gonna go i've seen out there like you there, there are other people out there who do book critiques so amy was like maybe i could do that too it's like well actually that wasn't playing to your strengths and also it wasn't what i wanted to do exactly i've never enjoyed um uh helping people with their craft I've always enjoyed helping people with their journey. Also because you're a very instinctual writer. Like you I'm don't. super instinctual. You're not thinking about how do I make structure work? How do I make, you know, character work? You're not like, you're just doing. Yeah, I do do, I do, do like that. I do do like that. Whereas you're much more interested in, I think, this, the, and you're much more curious about craft and how it works and how writing can be better and better. Whereas I just, I, 
we're very different in that way. I, I feel, feel much more intuitive with the way I like to write, with the way I like to read. Like I'm just playing and investigating in very instinctive ways and it, I'm not thinking about uh, how to improve it in that sense. So as a, you know, an editor, I'm, I'm not necessarily that good as someone who's giving feedback. Like I can give you my feelings about it. I can tell you which parts I love, which part I lost interest in, but like it's not what I love to do. What I love to do is make creatives feel seen during, as they do the really brave and vulnerable thing. I love listening to creatives, you know, sitting in the dark with creatives, sitting in the light with creatives and and making space for us because we're fucking incredible. And that was my strength, but I'd never seen anyone do that. I'd never seen anyone do that professionally. Like mm. I was like, what? It's not a thing. So I, then I went down this road with Patreon because I thought that's a real job. I've seen people do give feedback for money. I'll do that. But we didn't even realize you could have done what you ended up doing. Like there wasn't even no. on the radar. It was like, as, as you say, there was no one else that we could see doing it. Like, we, there were, obviously, there were coaches out there, mm. but like life coaches or business coaches. Like, there wasn't like a creativity coach no, out never there that heard we that could word. have. I don't like that was something that just didn't exist. Yeah. And I think you were a bit, my remembrance of it is that you were a little bit burned by the experience and then you didn't really think about, like, you still, you had, I don't know, 20 plus thousand followers on the spot right at that stage, mm. but you were, you'd like, well, that's it. My attempt to monetize that is, has failed. And I feel like you didn't really think about it then for like another year and a half. Yeah. So I thought, and again, I had to to fight these ideas and and this might be something that you are familiar with of like, I thought that if I went down this very different road that I was admitting failure for my fiction, Mm. like, oh, if I go down this road of like, I don't know, coaching, supporting, seeing people, I felt like it was giving up on my fiction and it was a real ego situation here. Like it was pride. Like I just didn't want you know, a lot of people were kind of hinting at this idea. Oh, you know, I'd really love you to support me in this way and in that way, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm. I was very, I can be very stubborn. Because all you've been doing was pep- pepping other creatives up and giving mm. your energy to other creatives for years. And it was like, but it was your way of dealing with the fact that you weren't doing the other thing that you actually really wanted to do, right? Yeah. It was yeah. you just sharing honestly with the struggles that you'd been through. Yeah. Anyway, mid-2018. Okay, again, who knows? I think it was early 2019. No, 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 no. No. Wait, what year did we get married? 2019? 2018. 2018 we got married. Yeah. What? At the I'll end. be right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, fine. 20, end of 2018. Okay, end of 2018. So I reckon the previous thing, I reckon the Patreon happened in 2017. Hmm. So I reckon there was a year and a half gap. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> no one's interested in this. This anyway. must be how people actually write biographies. Like, they must be like what yeah yeah it's interesting you imagine how many biographies you read are bullshit like well, not bullshit like just wrong mm. no you're right in 2019 i was like okay i'm gonna we're gonna make business we're gonna i want to coach because no, on our honeymoon you had to do coaching Shut didn't up. you no 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 okay fine fuck no. it's all a big blur it's because then the panini happened and like that just condensed time yeah massively pandemic make cray cray yeah. my brain hurt um so 2019, we, I was like, okay, well, maybe, again, I still wasn't cluing into what it, I, it is I really could get. And so I started pitching myself as a coach, a creative coach, which was this you know, brave step. I was imagining an, an idea or a career or a way of taking up space creatively that I'd never seen before. I'd never seen someone support artists through their journey. And I was like, let's do this. And I started um, giving out mem- um, 
mentorships. So like you could do a six month mentorship with me, you could do an eight week mentorship with me. It was very intense one-on-one ways of working with me. And I did that through most of 2019 and it was incredible. And, and you know, you hear this all the time and the most fucking exhausting thing I've ever done. And again, I think I was mimicking the way that I'd seen other people make their lives work, right? So I was like, you know, okay, fine. Creative coaches are really different and I'd never seen anyone do, um, a supporting mentorship in the way that I'm about to do it. Mm. But I'd seen people do, you know, six month mentorship programs. I've seen coaches take up space in that way. And, and so I well, And you'd also them. been working with, you worked with two business coaches slash life yeah, coaches in that time as well. I did. And so that's what we decided to do. Mm. But it was, um, you know, I found it incredible and I met incredible creatives and some of them I still work to, with this to this day. Um, but it was the time and the emotional energy was unbelievable. It was like you'd enjoy it in the moment, but then you'd like crash for six hours afterwards. Mm. Um, and then you end up... I felt like I was living, like I think at the end of the day, like, you know, over the last... I probably did it for like... Well, I'm still doing it, but like it was like a nine-month full-time creative coach situation. Yeah. And, and also this also coincided with a big... What I would say was a fairly large posture change for you. Yeah, so I was starting to take up space as a teacher and as a leader. Yes. And that was huge. Mm. Like my coaching one-on-one phase was not a failure. It was a success, and I think, but it yeah, was a definitely. big learning curve. Yeah, and that also gave you all the experience that you then needed, like because you weren't just talking about sample size one with yourself. You were talking about sample size of all these other creatives yeah. that you worked with and what how they worked and what worked for them and what didn't work for them. But I was living dozens of lives at once. I think that was the problem, was every morning I'd wake up and I'd think about all of these creatives that I was working so intimately with. I had emails in my inbox from every single one of them, and I was, like, living... I was like writing 12 different books. I was in like 15 different creative projects at once. I was I like... Mean, one of your clients literally required you. They couldn't get anything done. They had, a, they had a contract basically to get a book done and you had to sit with them on the phone for hours just so they would write. Yeah. You know, and it, it shone a light on just how much creative struggle and need support. But I was literally with this one artist and I tell you, like, I love, I think of her all the time like I love her but fuck she was going through it and I would sit with her and the only time she would write was when I was physically on zoom with her and I watched her and I have to watch her write yeah and that just, was, it was a lot of work and, it, you know, it was a lot of effort but this was also the most incredible thing that I've ever done because I was finally like and I loved I did love it like I was you know in creative lives I was looking at how creatives function and, and struggle and and strive and and succeed every day and I was making money from it and time intensity was huge and emotionally it was such a big job but I was like I wasn't working at the fucking cafe anymore yeah. I wasn't unemployed I was working for myself and I felt it was huge for me. It was a, and the biggest thing there was a posture change was I had to step up and stop being this person asking for money on Patreon because none of my books are selling and say, I've been writing and navigating a creative journey for you know five, six, seven years. I have you know a, a trail of, of written words behind me talking about this experience. I'm a leader in this community. I'm a creative leader and I'm here to serve you if it resonates. And that posture change was huge um a really big step for me in my business journey yeah it was awesome it was it was amazing to watch to watch and i still remember like such it was such an exciting moment when you i think once you had maybe four maybe five clients that Mm -hmm. was when you were earning the same as you were earning at the cafe yeah and it was like ah this is awesome like i felt so proud of myself yeah and you didn't have to go off and do something that you really hated to earn the same amount of money 
And just a background on how I got these clients, I, I probably had, yeah, as I was saying, maybe that 20,000 uh, um, followers on Instagram, which I've been blessed with by sharing my story for around five years straight on Instagram. Um, and so I was constantly putting myself out there on Instagram. So just reminding people again and again and again, it was a real push and a posture push. Yeah, and it was like, you know, the difference between you have to say you had 20,000 followers, but only, I just don't even reckon you had seven patrons. I reckon you had like four. Jack, I don't know. Oh, but anyway, the difference between I reckon you might the, post, the posture shit, you know, her, the Amy offering the right thing with the right posture, mm. which resulted in, sure, it was the you know, first, first month, maybe you had one client, then you had two, then you eventually you had, you know, I don't know how many you had consecutively, mm. but you ended up having to close it and say, I can't take on anymore. Yeah. But that, like the difference between those two things, same amount of Instagram followers. Yeah. Different offering, different posture. Yeah. That's such a great point. And that's the difference. And I see a lot of creators kind of apologetically asking people to partake in their creativity and to exchange mo- money in exchange for their creativity. And it's apologetic. Um, it's it's just not, you're not posturing yourself correctly. And for me, when, when I was approached by business coaches and even James talking to me about my posture, I was like, fuck off. I don't want to be some fucking fake, fucking weird fuck. No. And you weren't. I remember, and we've talked about this in the podcast before, but remember you were still sharing the you know, the downside, you're still sharing the, the hard times on Instagram. You know, I remember several people saying to you, oh, now you're a coach, you can't share that anymore. Yeah, you that's can't not what that. posturing is. Like no. I still share very honestly and openly about my life and I want to share, you know, the, the uneasy and tricky parts. I want to share all of it in terms of my creative journey. Um, sometimes a little bit extra for fun. Yeah. But I don't, it's my posture shift, you know, instead of, I, it really for me felt like I was very apologetically taking up space. Like I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, do you want to be my patron? Like none of my publishing houses will, yeah. you know, like. Like, sorry for beginning your Instagram feed, but I just wanted to talk to you about this aspect of creativity. Yeah. Instead, and it was like, you know, it's literally like how I was presenting myself. Like I use my hands a lot more now and like, I don't know, I just like- just more, You are more you now. I just feel, yeah, hmm. more me. And that can take practice. It's not a switch you can flick on and off, but asking yourself, how how are people seeing you? How are you posturing yourself? Like what are you, what values are you channeling as you show up to the people you want to connect with? Like, hmm. are you channeling, you know, I don't know like for me I feel like I want to channel like a, a vibrancy and an honesty and an, a vulnerability and a generosity rather than like um a brokenness I think I felt for a long time like a resentment um I was had very a huge amount of lethargy and these were the kind of the things that like stuck to me and you could see it when you witnessed me yeah I think that um someone that I'm seeing in the community at the moment who has a really great posture is Gowry mm. and I know a lot of you will know Gowry but um, and we'll share the link to her Instagram below. She just and she just launched an ebook as well. And the way free she free ebook or free ebook and the way she did it, um, it's about creative burnout. And the way she did it, like her whole lead in, the way she's been talking about it, it was just like I just feel like she's nailing it. And mm. she's just if you want if you if you want to follow her just to see what like great posture looks like. And I think she's had a hundred and you know she has less than a thousand followers on Instagram. She should have way more, but. I think she had 150 people download her ebook in the first day. Yeah, and she was hoping for 20. And that's just all down to you can see the conversion there from of just the posture of her showing up as someone who knows what she's talking about um, in a very kind, gentle way. Um, who is very? You can tell how wise she is, mm, and educated, and, and like... educated, and how much she's thought about it. And she shared the whole journey of her making the ebook. Mm. Um, and it's also available as a free audiobook, which is awesome. Yeah, I think such that was a like cool so cool. Yeah. Um, 
and that's just like you know I'm not saying you need to act exactly like Gary but she's a great example it's a great example of how you can show up even before you have a mega tens of thousands of following yeah. um, account like how you can still make something make of impact. your account make impact with your account and then you know and now Gary's going to help hundreds of people yeah. with her ebook yeah I think knowing that you have something to give that that was my big journey oh you know what like people actually really need something from me and then that helped my posture change hugely mm. and then because I was acting as though people needed something from me then I started realizing you know oh like but then people started actually getting stuff from me you know and then the action versus the thought like you know it all tumbles into and, me changing into someone who I was becoming and another great example is who's maybe not as visible on Instagram is your client Tanya who's also mm. in the collective how Tanya went from I mean I don't know her story as much as you Amy maybe you want to talk to it a little bit more but mm-hmm. went from um, a lot of shame stories about her art to um, and not really feeling, feeling like she needed to be in a gallery basically to now changing her posture to being I'm a great artist who will sell you commissions mm. and without the gallery without the gallery mm. and just owning that space taking up that space once again only I don't know less than a thousand followers on Instagram mm-hmm. brilliant artist um, and is now selling oh, now selling so her exciting. art it's so exciting yeah Tanya had you know a very large you know had a long experience with being in galleries and in the professional art world and it burnt her out and you know it wasn't resonating for her she didn't like it and she thought that meant it was the end of her career but it didn't she changed her posture now she's anti-gallery and she wants to take up space on her own platform without the permission of the gatekeepers within you know the art world and it's so cool to watch someone just be like instead of being like the galleries fucking sucked and like you know i was beaten down by them and i hated it now she's like this is a space you know i so she was telling me about how normally you have to on a normal you know uh fine artist page you would write where you've been your art has been galleried i'm sorry my terminology here is shit i'm not i'm not an artist you are i am an artist you're a visual artist no um and she was like talking about how she's going to be writing her bio but she's not going to be writing the galleries and at first she was like what am i meant to do like this is going to look so weird to people it's going to look like i'm not legitimate and then she shifted this narrative to being like no i'm going to write how i'm intentionally not writing the galleries i've been in this is why i'm here and fuck them and that's that shift you know that's a literal posture shift Mm. you know oh they're going to notice that that i'm not writing my galleries there like they're going to see that i'm a fraud no i'm intentionally taking up space in this very rebellious and audacious way so cool two very cool examples of a posture shift that i mean we witness them like you watch them they're mm. gonna they're gonna create incredible businesses out yeah. of what they do it's awesome to watch um okay so talking about coaching i think something about coaching as well a lot of people come to us and they say oh do i need to be a coach to make money yeah. as an artist absolutely not like that was not a scalable business i think that you know some people to make a money to make a lot of money as a coach i think you'd have to be charging Crazy thousands amounts. and thousands of dollars a session which we amy and i never felt like i just didn't want to do that we wanted to. It's like, you know, a lot of coaches out there who charge you $3,000 for one hour of coaching, which just didn't seem like something that resonated with our community, with us. Like, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure these people provide great value. Oh, of course. Um, not trying to diss them in any way, but that's, you know, you've got to be committing to I am a coach. Mm. This is all I do because I'm amazing. I'm like incredibly amazing at this one thing which is coaching and now and therefore you should pay me three thousand dollars to spend an hour with me yeah which i don't feel like is like i do think you i think you're at a point now aims where you would be worth that much as a coach thank you um but it still doesn't i don't think it resonates it doesn't really align no um Uh, and that's how you make that's how you make a full like a big a business where you're making a lot of money from by which i mean like you know at this stage when amy was coaching full-time at this stage we're still making less than all our friends i mean you know even today now 
we've talked about this before. I think we made like fifty thousand dollars in the year, did we? I don't think. I think less than that. Okay, yeah. I think less than that, but still a lot more than Amy was making in the cafe. True, true. Um, AUD. Amy never does it. Amy has no. If you ever hear Amy talk about how much she made in a year, she has no idea because she she just she won't look at a bank account. Trauma. From all those credit card days, I still find it. She difficult. just says, "James, do we have any money in the account?" And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> um, okay. So by the end of 2019, I was burnt out, hmm. and because I just given, I was living like a dozen different lives with people who I deeply cared about, um, creatives that I was working one on one with, um, but I was extraordinarily burnt out, and I was like, I can't like my time for uh, money. Your your yeah like your like your hours like your um hourly rate essentially like your efficiency yeah uh, well, there's probably a proper word for this right yeah anyway like I just I was working a lot of hours for and it I can't why can't I say like this? your energy to dollar ratio was yeah bad. it was bad yeah it was bad um and so we started looking at like people were so interested in my journaling and they, I've been asked you know every single day for like maybe a year because I was sharing my journaling every day do you have prompts and I, again again my ego came in and I was like I'm not no I'm not a non-fiction author <laughs> yeah I write fiction anyway I was like I think it was like the end of 2019 I was like I'm just gonna see what happens I'm just gonna write my journaling prompts out and if I'm good at anything I'm really good at writing journaling prompts. It comes so easily to me. I have, through my journaling practice, I am so good at asking questions and the right questions to myself. And if you ever work with Amy, like if you're in the collective, you'll know, but it's essentially 90% it's journaling. It's the bedrock <laughs> like, yeah. of everything I do because... If you ever do any of Amy's courses, if you write any of her other nonfiction books, it's all like there's journaling prompts all over it. Because I'm not going to be the one that, you know, uh, sets your creative career on fire. I'm not going to be the one that sets you free of perfectionism. I'm not, I'm not going to be the one that sets you free of procrastination patterns. You are. And by having the right questions where you can look inwards, you set yourself free. Yeah. And so it's this pattern of like, I can I can teach and I can share and I can be with you and listen to you. But eventually you need to go inwards. And that's what the journaling prompts do. So anyway, I wrote the journaling compendium. We spoke a lot to Brooke Solis, who was an incredible you know the poet Brooke Solis who's a beautiful friend of ours I remember we had really exciting lunch with them um, where we drove up to they live quite far out from Sydney a couple hours out from Sydney and um, they deliberately isolate themselves they have this beautiful like flowy creative life and we went and had lunch with them and Brooke was like yeah I've got 12 books each one for a different zodiac sign on my store um, and therefore it's 12 different possible income streams and we were like that is mind blowing to me the income streams really changed the game for us. And each book is 100% worth its value, but do you know how many artists would have packaged all 12 into one and sold themselves sold themselves so short? And it would have been like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours of Brooke's life that she would have sold herself short on. But yeah. she was like, no, I know my value. Yeah. These are incredibly good. They're going to inspire people. They change and people's lives. They change people's lives. And then by having one for each zodiac sign, they're like, well, I am a Leo, so I'll buy the Leo book. And I know an Aquarius, so I'm mm. going to buy the Aquarius book for them. Or, you know, like it's... My moon it's sign, just, my rising Exactly. Sign, it was just so clever. And we were like, this is incredible. And she just sold it all on her website on Squarespace. So we owe Brooke, like, so much for that idea. We do, yeah. And again, like, you know, we are allowed to share ideas. We're allowed to copy in this way. Like, this is the, the beautiful way that artists steal from one another. Mm. So we had this gorgeous meeting with Brooke and Joel. And 
we were like, okay. And so on, I think it was Christmas, no, Boxing Day, mm. 2019. Which we also, were, I think people would have thought that was a pretty weird time to sell a book. Yeah, maybe it probably was. <laughs> we were up, um, oh no, we were not up. We were down the South Coast with James's grandparents. And it was obviously, that was like Boxing Day. It was kind of hectic. And, and it was very like, bad internet. And it was smoky as because there was oh, a yeah, bushfire the bush right fires, over the hill. We were about to evacuate. God, that's crazy. And we, was tether- we were using the 4G. We were tethering our phone. Like we were using hotspot. Yeah. Um, to try and get this all finished. And we put the journaling compendium up online. And I remember being like, <laughs> such a big vulnerability hangover. We went for a walk and I remember James looking down at his phone. He goes, one of them sold. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And I, really, I think we got about like 20 sales in the first day. Yeah. I mean, and I just looked it up. We got 140 sales in the first month. Okay, cool. Which we were just like blown away by. I remember we made a little thing on the whiteboard. It was like, what are we going to reward ourselves at each milestone? It's like, yeah. at 100, we're going to go out to dinner down the road at the Mexican place. Yeah, we did. Like, yeah, and we did. And then I can't remember what we did for everything. I think 1,000 was like, we're going to we're gonna go visit your parents in Europe. And then, of course, the pandemic happened. Of course. So that was just moot anyway. But it was like, we just got so excited. Yeah. Um, and like, I think, you know, we did, obviously, we did eventually sell 1,000 books. But mm. it was, you know, it was, it was several months down the line. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the, the interesting thing is 146 sales... And traditional publishing is a failure, pretty much. Yeah. Because they've got this big machine working on it. They're paying, you know, their editors, their marketers, their pu- their publicists, their um, managers all take a cut. Everyone takes a cut. Yeah. And you're left with the, the dregs at the end. And, at, you know, you might have seen $146 from that. But yeah. for us, we sold, we, that's like $8,000 or something. We were like, yeah. We were like, money, money. <laughs> We were so happy. It was amazing. It was incredible. It was light. It was literally life changing. And also because it wasn't my, the the energy to money ratio was so good because I'd already written the book and it was so easy for me to write the book because writing is you know that it flows from me and mm. and so it felt so good. Whereas like this hugely energetic um, expenditure of coaching, you know, it felt so expensive. Mm. Whereas this just felt like money was flowing to us for free. Like I had loved writing that book so much, and then it just like. Mm, you know, I mean, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was money that felt like it was free because I wasn't expecting. And to us at the time, it. it was a seed money for our business. Yeah. Like we we ended up, I think, probably not pocketing any of that because you were still coaching, so we're still using your coaching money. Yeah. Um, I was still getting some money from uni stuff. Yeah. And it was like, well, we're just going to pocket that money and put it into. Well, we're going to put it into the business. Sorry. Yeah. And we um. Website. Website marketing. Mm. Um. It's interesting to talk about marketing now because I still, looking back at marketing, I still don't know if it was worth it or not. Nor do I. We don't market, we don't market anymore really at all. Facebook marketing we're talking about here. Yeah. Facebook marketing, Instagram marketing, and uh, and a little bit of YouTube as well. I don't know if we made if we made any net profit from it. I don't know. There's all these stats they give you, like your, your campaign's running at 50% efficiency. It's like, well, I swear they're counting our own organic sales in that as well. Same. It really annoyed me. And because, of course, it's in Facebook's interest to falsely report their data like but it was really interesting so basically in 2000 in 2020 yeah we uh invested um basically everything that we had from the journaling compendium back into that we made a new website we started uh facebook advertising the journaling compendium i was writing for the procrastinator um i was writing can i finish my thoughts on marketing for a second i'm so sorry because sorry that's my i just had another thought um even if we probably didn't turn a profit from the marketing it led to more eyeballs so it was worth it in the long run. Yeah. That's okay. all I had to say. Great. No, you're right. But I don't, I think we're at the point now we're at critical mass and I don't know if 
I don't. I still don't know if we need it or not. Maybe we'll do it again one day. I don't yeah, know. maybe we will. It was very hard for us to tell whether the Facebook marketing worked. It's and very, we were spending a lot of money on yeah, it. Yeah, like I think we were spending $200 a day at the peak. Yeah. And like we weren't losing, like it generated It was just generating back. its own money back. It was like, it was, yeah, it was like a, a closed loop kind of thing. Yeah. But we, and like we were making profit as well. Yeah. Um, but again, I was like, is this just because I'm, very, I'm good at what I it do? It was very top of funnel. So it would get people eyeballs and then they might go, oh, I'm interested. In, and then they might find Amy or something from there. Yeah. And then like six months later, they might decide to purchase a book. Yeah. Or a course. Mm. Anyway, 2020, wild year, obviously. But we, I started writing more books. I wrote for the procrastinator, for the perfectionist. I did courses. We were lucky in Australia to uh, not be hugely impacted by the pandemic, apart from the fact that we were an enclosed country. So for a lot of 2020, after the initial lockdown, uh, we had no COVID. So we were able to film um, uh, the journaling course. Yes. Yeah? No, we could have done that. We literally did that. Like, we did that on a holiday one over like five days one at one point the original so I guess we, yeah course, i guess so yeah. we couldn't have done that without if we were locked down but, yeah um the original journaling course we borrowed a camera yeah. from my sister yeah is that right yeah it was olivia's camera and just before we dive into like the course stuff the compendium taught us the beauty of passive income and having multiple income streams like multiple it was, income streams it was the That's biggest the gift to us and it's amazing now that the journaling compendium is free when you sign up to my mailing list as of a month ago and like it was the biggest gift to us and the fact that we can gift it now is just like a beautiful little circle and i'm so pleased yeah. about it yeah um but yeah so it just taught us the i like i started pulling back on coaching as soon as we realized that this is what we could be doing and so i was like let's write more books and so i was writing and these are all ebooks and again it was a hurt to my pride because to me i had this story that ebooks meant that i was like a shit cheap self-published author or whatever like i had a lot of stories around it but it like i mean I would have been such a fool to have let that story keep me small. Yeah. Because now look at everything we get to do. And also my books have impacted people in so many ways. I get a message every day about one of, you know, how the books impact people. Yeah. Um, and so we started, we started writing books and then we were like, let's do a course. So mm. higher expense, but because we had made more money from the books we had released, we were able to, well, we weren't initially actually, were we? Because I, we did the journaling course so cheaply. We did it so cheaply. We borrowed the camera. We didn't even edit it no it was just straight straight from the file yeah i think you reshot the first one yeah because it was a bit shit yeah and we just put it on the website it's fine we went i think we did a we just put it on vimeo and then put it on square like squarespace uh, courses it was like a hidden it was a hidden part of the website that required a password yeah. that you got from an email from us yeah because the tech like you know the tech wasn't we always amy's amy and i always say this we're, we're always like a year ahead of where the tech needs to be to yeah. do anything we want to do yeah and you know what you just have to not let yourself it stop you because it's like you go oh well this isn't exactly what i wanted to do so i'm not going to do it it's like no we, we made it work and it wasn't really a problem like it wasn't optimal and yes, if someone had just shared the password to that part of the, of the website, and th- people could have stolen it. it. But it's yeah. like, we just trusted, you know, you just try to trust people, I think. Yeah. And we trust people. Obviously, now Squarespace, you can actually, like about a year later, we're like, oh, fuck, they finally, they've developed this thing where you can actually just start, have an account, and that literally unlocks or locks content for you. Yeah. Much more, much, much better, easier. much easier. Yeah. And we ended up reshooting the cor- the journaling course. To my Not because we didn't think absolute that- rage. Our business coach at the time was like, you've got to make a more professional like i thought the content was awesome the content in the original journaling course but he was like you need to make this look more professional i, and we I like, have and amy was like we had multiple arguments about I was, it with him 
Well, I, I didn't. I was like, I was pretty much on his side. But Amy was like raging against it. I have a real problem with investing large amounts of money because I have so many money stories um, about being poor. And like, so far we'd managed to do a lot of the work with very little expense. Hmm. Um, and so investing a large amount of money. Well, like, I mean, to that point, our expenses were whatever we chose to spend on marketing, which, you know, we were yeah, monitoring. And if it wasn't making us a minimum money, we could pull it instantly. And it was um, the cost of hosting the website. It was so little. That was it, basically. Because otherwise it was my time um, for the coaching or it was the journaling compendium, which was, again, my time. I'd just written it in literally a few weeks. Mm. Um, so where was I going? A few weeks. I think you, I think it was a few months. Okay. I don't know, James. It all just compresses. Time is mushy. It's yeah. mushy. Um, Maybe it so was a few weeks. The amount of editing I had to do on it. Jeez. Our coach was like, shut up. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, our coach was like, you have to do a professional one. I fought with my whole mind. I was so fucking angry about it. I, I don't know why, but it like fully enraged me. I was just so resistant to it. I didn't want to invest. I didn't want to have to redo something I'd already done. I was just like really annoyed. Um, anyway, we ended up getting it professionally reshot by, by Amy's brother, who brother. happens to be a professional videographer and video editor, which... It helped. Yeah. It was good. I mean, the content is the same, essentially. Yeah. I mean, the content's just as good either way, mm. um, but it, it looks a lot more it's, high it's quality. Tight. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, now we have this much more expensive uh, offering, which was interesting. And so this, again, was just another learning curve. Like, we were making $18.99 USD per sale for our books, and now we had this course that was $100 USD. And it was just, again, it was just a new learning curve for us. Oh, what's it like to have, you know, obviously we weren't selling as many as the books, but when we were able to, like, when we launched, for example, it was so exciting to, because it was a really big influx in our income initially because it was like such a a different priced offering mm. that we had um yeah it was, that was very interesting i mean i think we we figured out it's important to have multiple price points i don't i don't know this is probably not important for every business but for us we thought it was important that people who were you know didn't have a lot of spare cash could buy one of the books people yeah. who maybe wanted to invest a little bit more themselves could buy the courses yeah and it was it just gave them choice yeah it does I think that is really important for everyone to have that varied. First of all, have like the varied income streams, mm. which again, we're just adding income streams, right? Every other product we add, we add an income stream. It's so, and, and it increased our overall income. Every single time we add something, it increases our overall income. And you know, and another thing people don't really, I mean, we've talked about this on podcast before, um, that the reason, the main reason courses cost more is that they it's production cost more yeah. to make. I mean, it's just as much as it's like a, a book. A book really. is essentially free for us to make course costs us several thousand dollars to make yeah so that's why it costs more yeah similar con like similar amount of content it's just that it's getting more you can just sit there passively and listen to it rather than having to read it i guess yeah just a different way to learn yeah um and i think you know some, some people prefer, a lot of people prefer to have someone talk to them than yeah read yeah definitely um yeah and then the, well and then the final thing was and then we decided well we're going to pretty much completely wrap up the one-on-one -on -one coaching because yeah. we're going to do the inspire collective yeah and that was at the beginning so we done we already tried the way we why we kind of figured out we wanted to do the inspire collective is in 2020 we did several free one hour workshops mm, that's right and had so much fun and it was amazing it went it. so well and i thought like, that was really amy hitting her peak like that is amy at her best in those situations like she's such a natural she's a great like if you ever want if you ever want to see peak amy that is peak amy it's in the inspired collective like in front of 50 to 100 people talking about creativity yeah um for so somehow you feel more you seem more at home there yeah than one-on-one -on -one. 
I do. I, I I don't know what it is. I think there's something about creatives coming together in community that like, and I just and I love watching each other support one another. Like, I think that's I the really great thing is you see it's more going. revving them up to support each other is the cool thing, and that's because that's what you've always been about. I'm not giving you the answers. I'm mm. helping you find the answers mm. and helping you form a community where you'll find the answers together. Yeah. So we did. We we decided to start the, the membership. Yeah, which has been um, again. Sorry, we're talking coming back to finances here, but you know this is something we should be able to talk about as artists. Mm. Like we need to be talking about money as creatives, and and you know it's good that we're talking about. So this, this is our fourth category of income stream, basically. Yeah. So you can see all this diversified stream. So if one of them doesn't end up working out, you have the others to support it. Yeah. Um, which helps a lot and takes the stress off a lot. And also membership is amazing because it helps us to feel like we actually have like a salary. Yes, because we get a monthly payment. Yes. And pe- obviously people can leave and stuff and it fluctuates a little bit, but, you know, it's... It's, it's much more predictable. Much more predictable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and the, the crazy thing is that if you look at it, books, courses and collective, they've all pretty much one third, one third, one third our income. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like almost exactly. Yeah. And we did the We Need Your Art course as well, which is an even bigger course just for creatives um, yeah. in 2021. Which So that's a, that other course that we do. And for the Burnout Artists, the book as well. Yeah. So you say like the four books yeah. have pretty much made as much as the two courses, which yeah. have pretty much made as much as the membership. one membership. Yeah. So. And it's just been, it's literally just been about like fun exploration, pivoting, like not caring if something doesn't go, go as well, like not the just podcast. oh and the podcast not so the... do we just keep adding things you know like yeah. oh what else could we do to serve this community what else could we create to to make impact like and it sounds like we're hustling but like you know a lot of these projects we work on you work on them once and then you want you're only working on that one thing and then you move on because then it becomes passive it's passive yeah. and that, for us that's been a huge thing mm. um and that doesn't mean that you know this is not the one way to do business passive but, but passive really serves us mm. um and then we have a few active things like you know uh, the collective which we do stuff for every week and then yeah. we have the podcast um and then amy's obviously instagram content yeah as well. that's a lot of work each day um when i said podcast then i meant it's the entire it's time to write podcast, oh right which it's is time the, to write the, the pay podcast yes, the pay podcast which yeah. is our, our most our most recent paid product yeah which has been wonderful to see during the sale so many of you take up as well yeah so that that's a little like just a little bit of a plug here. That's a little bit... I mean, like, honestly, if you haven't listened to It's Time to Write yet, it's kind of a little bit of a hack. Like, if you've never bought any of Amy's stuff before, like, it's really all there. And it's one. It's her cheapest product, equal cheapest with one of the um, Winnie Draft books. And it's, in my view, has all the content of it. Like, it, yeah. it's, like, got everything in it. It's a way, basically. So the idea is you're sitting there, you're like, fuck, I really want to... I said I would create today, but I can't be fucking make myself do it. You put It's Time to Write in your ears and it's a little three to six minute pep me up me and you just sit there and I'm like okay baby it's time to go and I talk about why it's time to write it's time to create it's time to make your art and so you know why is it cheap because it's very few overheads like we can we can create it we could create it cheaply for you so we did yep um and now I want to get back to the fact that I'm also a fiction writer because for me if I in my darkest days if I showed a very hurt Amy what I have done in my very darkest moment she would have said but you're not making money from your fiction. And that's Amy at her most broken. That's not true anymore. And it's no longer true. Um, that's Sorry, that is technically our fifth income stream. Yeah, it's my, my fiction. Mm. It's harder to track our fi- that because we can't see the sales. Because Amazon is just like, oh my gosh. like It's so hard to track the sales. Yeah. We still don't know how many copies you've sold. No. Whereas we know exactly how many copies of everything else you've sold. And obviously that's our choice to go through Amazon. Would we do it again? I think so. Yeah. We had a, you know, we, I wouldn't do it 
I mean, it was great that we had help from Linda. Mm. That was awesome. Um, so we, we paid someone to S- support us putting... Which honestly was a bargain. Honestly, and I would use her again and again and again. If you ever want Linda's contact details, if you're putting a book up on... One of these. Pu- like, if you're self-publishing, yeah, yeah. on you one of these big marketplaces. She's so good. She's Amazing. So good. Um, Takes away all the boring bits. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, for me, I'm still a fiction author, like, and I am now making money through my fiction, and it is now another income stream. Um, but the thing was, is that I was obsessed with this one part of my creative journey making Mm. me money and she does now and she serves me and I still I'm writing my third more well, my fourth book now I'm going to keep putting out my books so I'll hopefully be another one out this year like it is still a part of my life and it is still probably you know it's my soul work but why was I limiting myself in this way and you know now there's I'm writing uh, you know fic, non-fiction I'm writing you know journaling prompts I'm connecting with creatives I get to be a speaker I get to be a podcaster like I had hemmed myself into such a small box and I was so confused as to why I wasn't able to make it but it's because I had limit, limited myself so so badly and you know and also as we were talking about before we've talked about it before in the podcast but I feel like I say that so many times each episode just, like, to, just allow it you know just allow it. then anyway, you need to hear it again it was again. when Amy changed to her posture and accepted her role as a coach that her Instagram also started to grow massively. Yeah. Like you were losing followers in the doldrum period. I was. And yeah. then you flipped it around basically. Well, yeah. So in the, I guess in the three years that I've been really posturing myself as a creative leader, as a fiction author, as, you know, I've been posturing myself as a, a professional creative. My Instagram has quadrupled. Mm. Um, and it was going down before and that was me taking up space you know I was thinking again about Gary the other day like when you go onto Gary's Instagram she's already there doing the work she's already got her free ebook about burnout she's already got all of her reels and her information and her the way she's showing up it is there you can tell that she is you know an incredible creative when you arrive on that page it's not like but when you were arriving on my page before before I really took up space it, it was unclear about what I was doing it was vague and unsure and you could sense it and I think when I started showing people who I was and I had offerings to give people you know you could buy this right now you mm. know that was when I really found growth in terms of uh, social media taking their attention off your Instagram letting them spend time with you and your voice outside of Instagram yeah and then they become your they become your people they become your fans they become your friends yeah they talk to you to other people they become your champions like yeah it's amazing yeah it's incredible it's been an incredible journey and i feel like we've only just scratched the surface of all that we've done in this you know very long podcast for us yeah um but i hope that i don't know i hope it sparks some curiosity in terms of how what you could do next yeah and we've got we have some questions but we might maybe we should just do them next week no you don't, do the next week? I think, it, I mean, we don't have to think of an episode next week. Okay. It'll be awesome. <laughs> okay, great. Um, uh, and if you have any questions about business yeah, that you want to send through. to us, send them to the Unpublished Podcast Instagram. Yeah. It'll be awesome. Or, I mean, they'll probably get lost on Inspired to Write. I'll make sure I keep an eye out, but maybe send them to the Unpublished Podcast Instagram. Yeah. Um, I had one more thing to say. Leave a review to our podcast, please. <laughs> It's actually been awesome. Like in the last two weeks, you guys have left so many reviews. It's been amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, we're so grateful. And if you have yet to done to do so, like we would love it if you did. We look so cute right now. Like you should leave a review. 
It's so cute. Don't you want to get, leave a review to the cutest podcasters in the world? Oh, my God. We're so cute. Cute means hot in America, though, doesn't it? Does it? I think so. Well, we are also hot. Yeah. So. Win-win. So, Win-win-win. Hmm. By cute, I mean, like, adorable. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, I was going to say what's next for us. I was going to ask the question, what's next for us? Well, we're coming to Europe. Yeah. And then eventually America. Yeah. I mean, this is a little bit of spoilers for you listening to the podcast, but we're going to break in that trip into two, I think. A two. Yeah. One next... midway through this year and then another early next year. Yeah. So we are going to come and do, you know, workshops, speaking tours, one-on-one stuff as well, um, so that we can come and connect with... Sorry, James, I looked away from the microphone. Oh, my goodness. So we can come and connect with you one-on-one so that, you know, I want to connect with... I want to connect with you uh, in real life um, and love you and support you and sit with you and listen to you and... Um, be on your creative journey with you so we're doing a tour at the end of the year we're also going to do some big, midway through the year sorry yeah middle, midway through the year in july august september times uh we are also going to and, that, doing... and like the shape of that we still haven't decided yet i'm so sorry for interrupting you again i just wanted to clarify some things we have no shape are we going to do you know 50 person workshops no, or, we are we, or are we going to do like one-on-ones or are we going to do five person things we don't know maybe all of it maybe all of it depending on where we go um, and we're also going to do some big online events this year as well. A lot of events, a lot of bringing creative community together after a fucking shit show the last two years so that we can feel together, so that we can level up, so that we can create and feel at home in our artistic souls together. So we're going to be doing a lot of event work. I'm going to be releasing other fiction work. And I'm also putting together a non-fiction book proposal to put to publishers. <laughs> what? Just you had to say that in a weird accent because you feel so comfortable about it. It's gross. Sorry, I'm not trying to imply that's a weird accent. I mean, like, a not accent that isn't your accent. Yeah. Nothing weird about an accent. I, I go northern when I feel vulnerable. It's a lovely accent, actually. It's so nice. It um, also is the accent that you got most trolled for in your book. It is. Worth it. In your it. audiobook. <laughs> anyway. Okay, let's wrap this up. Is there anything okay. else that we're doing this year that's exciting that we should let them know? I don't know. This is the thing about our business. It's so, like... It's very spontaneous. It's whatever the fuck. Like, it's like, I don't know. Hopefully some... I mean, like, I hope there's something we end up doing that we haven't planned yet. There will be. It'll be so exciting. Like, the other day, this is an example of how our business runs. And, it, you know, this is the blessing of having a husband and wife kind of team or a partnered team. It's like, you know, I'll be, like, in the kitchen and James is in the shower and he's just like, Amy, I have an idea. And that will be the start of a new business venture, you know? And that's that's how it functions. And someone asked me, you don't want to get ahead to next week's podcast too early, but someone asked me the other day, do you have business plans? No. No. <laughs> not really. No way. Maybe one day we will, but at the moment we do not. I think the thing is, like... We're still quite young as a business, yeah, and we're I guess. Not, yeah, we're still quite young as a business. You know, we don't have employees relying on us or anything. Like, there are people who do contract work for us. Yeah. Which, obviously... <laughs> sorry, Paul, once again, we've recorded this late. Sorry, sorry. Um, but, you know, I feel like we're not beholden. You know, I think a business plan is something that if someone... If, People were if people were beholden to us, maybe we'd feel a bit more like we should let them know what we're up to. Yeah, but growing our team is an interesting conversation too. Maybe we can touch on that next week. Like we mm. have got a, we've got two beautiful contractors who work for us. One who manages as a community on the Inspired Collective, and Paul who does our content for our podcast. But yeah, growing a team is an interesting part of being a, an artistic entrepreneur. Mm. Okay, we'll shut up now. Okay. We love you guys. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for witnessing us during this journey. We will see you next week. Reviews, please. Please, please, please. Please, please, please. bye. Bye, bye.